Welcome back to Sister Alley Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church-related. Happy New Year, guys. It has been a while. The last podcast I did was in September of 2022. My name is Allison C. Holt, and I am your host on today. And today, we will be discussing long-suffering. Yes, I said it. We will discuss long suffering on today as we hop into the new year of 2023 we are just gonna start out with a topic that we don't like to talk about or we don't want to have to deal with and that is long suffering which is a part of the fruit of the spirit long suffering now let's just get right into it Now, faithfulness to God does not guarantee a believer's freedom from trouble, from pain, and from suffering. Jesus said, in the world ye shall have tribulations. In other words, you will have, uh, you should expect to have troubles, pain, and suffering. And you can find that in St. John 16 and 33. Now, in the Bible, we can find... Uh, several examples of those who suffered greatly, such as Joseph, David, Job, we know about Job, Jeremiah, and even Paul. And we we discussed a lot of Paul's teachings. So these are individuals that we can look at in the Bible and see how they suffered. Not only suffered, but they suffered for a long time period of time. Now listen, there are various reasons why believers suffer. Did you hear what I said? There are various reasons why believers suffer. And we're going to get into seven reasons why believers suffer. Number one, believers suffer as an ongoing consequence of the fall of Adam and Eve. Yes, when sin entered into the world, pain, sorrow, conflict, and death invaded our lives, or invaded the lives of mankind, invaded the lives of human beings, if you will. Now, that is because when Adam and Eve were first introduced to the world, they they were without pain, without sin, without conflict. Everything was beautiful. Everything was wonderful. But when Adam decided to eat that fruit, yes, we know that Eve gave it to him or Eve ate it first. But Adam is the one that had the covenant with God. So when Adam broke the covenant, the agreement with God, that's what covenant means, agreement, When Adam broke the agreement that he had with God, he allowed pain, sorrow, conflict, and death to enter into the world through the disobedience, if you will, of Adam. Number two, some believers suffer as a consequence of their own actions. Listen, the Bible tells us whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall reap. And that applies to us all. Or we can go um, 
we don't have to take it from the Bible. We can say karma. Karma. You know, if you want to use a worldly term, karma is going to get you. Or you can say um, what goes around comes around. All these things come from the Bible. All these ideas come from the Bible, which says whatsoever a man soweth, whatever you sow, you shall reap. If you sow good, you're going to reap good. If you sow wickedness, you're going to reap wickedness. If you sow evil, you're going to reap evil. Whatever you plant in the ground is what is going to come up. If I go to my garden and I plant a broccoli, I expect broccoli to come up. I don't expect a cabbage to come up if I planted broccoli. So whatever we sow, we shall reap. So some believers, believers, I'm not talking about the sinner man. I am talking about believers suffer as a consequence of their own actions. Yes, that is you and that is me. That includes you and me. Number three, believers suffer inside themselves. We suffer inside ourselves. Why? Because we live in a sinful and a corrupt world. All around us are the effects of sin. We see shootings and killings. We are affected by that. We see or hear or read of accidents. We are affected by that. Or, or uh, human trafficking. We hear these things or we experience these things. We suffer from that. We experience distress and anguish as we see the power that evil holds over many lives. So yes, believers suffer. We suffer inside ourselves because of this sinful and corrupt world. Number four, believers suffer at the hands of the devil. Listen, the devil has been given power to afflict us in various ways. When Adam begin to uh, eat that apple or eat the fruit, let me say, when Adam began to eat that fruit and his eyes begin to come open and he begin to see good and evil or to know good and evil, you know, God gave dominion over this earth to Adam. But when Adam and Eve begin to be deceived or allow the enemy to deceive them, they basically gave up that dominion. Now the devil has free range. The devil, Satan, as the book of Revelation tells us, that devil, Satan, that dragon, Satan, he has been given power to afflict the people of God in various ways, in a variety of ways. And we're going to talk about that on a later date and on a different podcast when we begin to talk about spiritual warfare. We are going to dig deep into spiritual warfare. Let me tell you, get ready for 2023 because Sister Alec Cassie is not holding back any corners. We are going to delve deep into the spiritual realm. We're going to delve deep into um, the things of the kingdom of darkness, which is the devil in his ways, the devil in his kingdom, the devil and what his agents do and 
And we're going to delve deep into the things of God, into spiritual things of God, heavenly things, the kingdom of light, angels, and the Holy Spirit, and what heaven, uh, we can imagine heaven to be. So get ready. It is going to be a ride. And listen, along the way, we are going to learn how to survive here on this earth. We're going to learn the sneaky and devious and tricky ways of the devil. Yes, yes, I am going to share my testimony. I am going to share my story. I am going to tell you some of the deep details of the things that the enemy uh, that I've experienced through the hands of the enemy. So get prepared for that because we are going to go deep. Now, number five, most importantly, believers suffer because of having the mind of Christ. To be a Christian means to be in Christ, to be one with him. And as a result of being one with Christ, we share in his suffering. Yes, there are various ways that believers suffer. Number six, God may use suffering, which, yes, God will do this. God will use suffering. Hear me and hear me clearly. God, not the devil. I'm not saying the devil. I am saying God will use suffering. He will allow suffering to come upon us to come in our lives why as an agitator to spiritual growth or change if he wants us to grow spiritually if he wants us to learn he will allow suffering to come upon us to agitate us to to make us move forward to make us learn to give us the ability or the opportunity to learn uh, spirit and to grow spiritually or he could be using it to make us change from our sinful ways God can allow suffering to bring a change into our lives you know God uses suffering to call for repentance and he uses it to test our faith to see if we will remain faithful to him so God will use suffering to see if we really love him like we say out of our mouth I love Jesus. Well, do you really love Jesus? Or I have faith in God. Do you really have that faith as a grain of a mustard seed? When the suffering, suffering God allows to come upon you, will you still say, I have faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed where I can talk to the sycamine tree and tell it to be plucked up and cast into the sea? Do you really have that faith or are you uh, moving forward or moving toward having that faith? Are you increasing your faith on a daily basis so you can actually say to the sycamine tree, be plucked up and be cast into the midst of the sea? Why? Because the Bible says when we tell the sycamine tree to be plucked up and to be cast in the sea, the Bible says that it will obey us. Come on, somebody. Can you imagine talking to a tree? You know, it, it does not even have to be a sycamine tree. If you don't know what a sycamine tree is, look it up because the root system is, is bigger than the tree itself. And to have it plugged up out of the ground, it takes 
a, a great forest. So can you imagine just telling a tree to be plucked up out of the ground just by the words that proceed out of your mouth? Listen, we are the heirs of God. We are the children of God. He is our father. He is Abba. So if he speaks out of his mouth and he created the world, he created the heavens and the earth just by speaking it out of his mouth, we are his children. We are heirs to his kingdom. Why cannot we say, uh, do the same exact thing and the earth obey us? Listen, let me tell you, we have got to get our minds in the place. Let me, let me tell you, let me just go there right now. Listen, if the enemy's children, if Satan's children, if they believe without a shadow of a doubt in what they do, come on somebody, if they believe that they can cast a spell and they expect that individual that they're casting that spell on to comply to the spell, if they believe that with everything on the inside of them, we being the children of God, why do we not believe just as they do and they are the children of satan come on somebody if they can whip up a dust come on somebody if they can whip up a dust and spread on you or toss it on you or whatever the case may be and they expect that dust to go forth and accomplish what they uh created it to accomplish why we cannot do the same thing and we are the children of God and God is the one who made Satan. Come on, somebody. We have got to get this thing right. We're living below our, our, our inheritance and we have to get ourselves up above and to live in our inheritance. Let me tell you, because I don't play around with that. Yes. That's, yeah, the, the enemy has chose to uh, use witches and warlocks to come up against me. And one thing that they do, I, didn't, I had no intention of going into this, but one thing that they do, and this is just one thing because there are many things that they do, but one thing that they do is they use dust and they expect me to adhere to what they sent that dust out to do. But listen, I am a child of God. God said he gave me power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy. So yes, the devil has power. Yes, the devil gives uh, his cohorts power. But listen, the children of God, the believers, we have more power than the enemy. So I don't bow down to that business and I don't intend to bow down to it. So yes, God allows us to suffer for spiritual growth. And I believe that is one reason and there are several reasons, but that is one reason that I've gone through my trial and my tribulations is because God that my suffering or suffering, if you will, 
as an agitator to my spiritual growth. Not only to my spiritual growth, but to change my life. I believe that without a shadow of a doubt. I believe it. Now, number seven, God uses the suffering of the righteous to father the cause of his kingdom and his plan of redemption. We can use Joseph for an example. God sent Joseph before his family to make sure that they would have descendants left that to preserve a remnant of, of the children of Israel on this earth and to keep them alive in a great deliverance. And you can find that in Genesis uh, chapter 45 and verse 7. So God, Joseph went through a many things. His, his brothers, did they hated him. His brothers sold him just because he had a dream. They felt as though Joseph um, uh, wanted to put himself up above them. And Joseph was the, he, we call it, uh, in the country, we call it knee baby. He was the knee baby. He was the, the youngest, he was the youngest before the youngest. In other words, there was one below him, the knee baby. Mama had a baby while he was sitting on the knee. That's why it is called a knee baby. So Joseph was the knee baby. He was sitting in mama's lap when she was pregnant with his brother, Benjamin. So his brothers, his older brothers, Joseph began to have a dream. You don't know the story. I'm going to go through it quickly. Joseph began to have a dream where his family was bowing down to him and his brothers, his, his, his father loved him so much, made him a coat of many colors and his brothers, they did not like Joseph. So they sold him to Egyptians and Joseph began to be sold into slavery into slavery, into prison, and so forth. So he suffered away from his family. Actually, he grew up away from his family. When uh, there was a famine in the land and Joseph had became into his position that God um, had in store for him as uh, uh, in Egypt as one great to uh, keep the food, his family, his brothers didn't even recognize him because he was sold into slavery at a young age. Now you can go into the book of Genesis and you can read about the story of Joseph. It's a uh, very long reading, but you will get the gist of how Joseph really suffered. But there was, I would like to say there is a, um, there is something that's gonna come out of all of that madness. There's a method to the madness. God had a, a purpose for Joseph and that was to save the children of Israel. And back then they weren't called the children of Israel. Well, actually they were his actual children, Israel, Jacob's children. But anywho, just a little bit of rambling there. So let's get back on track now. So we've read, uh, we've talked about seven reasons why believers suffer. Now, there are various reasons for that suffering. Reasons for that long suffering. And we're going to talk about three of those re reasons. Now, this podcast is not going to be very long. 
I just wanted to come back and say hello and happy new year. It's been a minute. It's been an urban minute. But Sister Alley Cat is back and we are going to be in full force because there is so much to talk about in the year of 2023. Now, there are three different aspects of long suffering that I want to talk about on today. The first one is rebellion and disobedience to Christ. Yes, a lot of us are guilty of that. And listen, rebellion and disobedience open doors for long suffering, for the enemy to come in and attack us. So rebellion and disobedience to Christ, God's long suffering towards us, because can you imagine we say, Lord, forgive me for doing this. Oh, Lord, get me out of this situation and I won't do it anymore. And we turn around and do it again. So God has long suffering towards us. In other words, he forgives us. He continues and continues to forgive us because he loves us and he is suffering long towards us. He is allowing us to get it right. Praise God. That is, that is deep and that is a great uh, aspect of long-suffering, that God's long-suffering towards us, my God from Zion. And our third uh, aspect that we're going to talk about is our obedience to Christ, which is the right kind of suffering. Listen, Jesus came down upon this earth. He didn't have to do it, but he did. He came down in the likeness of simple flesh he came down as a man and he suffered he suffered he suffered we can go into the details of how they put the uh, crown of thrones on his head and we can talk about how long the thorns were we can talk about how they pierced him in his side how they spit on him how they slapped him how they ripped out his beard. We can talk about how they beat him and the, the whip had uh, pieces of metal at the tip of the whips that when they hit him with the whip and, and spring it back, how it ripped the flesh from his body. We can talk about all of that. How he was obedient even unto death on the cross. The Bible says, cursed is the man that hangs on the cross. Jesus became a curse for us to take away all of our sin. Come on, somebody. Our obedience to Christ, we suffer because of our obedience. Because we say no to the devil. Because we uh, submit ourselves to God and we resist the devil as the word says. That's our obedience to Christ and we suffer for that. Why? Because the devil does not like it. The devil hates it when we are obedient to Christ. And he will do and say things and cause things to come upon us to allow us or to make us suffer because we are obedient to the word of God. We are obedient to the things of God. We love the Lord. Yes, we love God. So that simple obedience will cause suffering. 
So those are the three aspects that we're going to talk about. Rebellion. And we're going to talk quickly. We're not going to be on here long. First, rebellion and disobedience to Christ. Let's talk about some examples here. Now, the children of Israel, God's chosen people, his chosen house. And uh, what I'm going to talk about, you can find in Numbers chapter 13 and chapter 14. Now, this is when Moses was leading the people and they were going to the land of milk and honey, to Canaan, Canaan land. And listen, before they got there, God told Moses to send men to explore the land, to explore the land of Canaan. Now Moses told them, I want you to go through the land. I want you to go through the southern parts of Canaan, then go up to the mountains and see what the land looks like. Now these men are going to explore the land and bring back a report. Now he said, when you go, I want you to look, check out the people. Are the people, are they strong people or are they weak people? Are they few people or are they many? Check out the land. What kind of land is it? Is it good land or is it bad land? What about the towns? Are they open like camps or are they walled cities? He even said, check out the soil. Is it rich soil or is it poor for plenty? Even check out the trees. Listen, we got to use the trees to build. So check out the trees. Are there any trees there? Or not. This is what Moses told the men to do when they went out to explore and search out the land of Canaan. Now listen, when they came back, they had a report. They had a report that was good and they had a report that was bad. They begin to say the land flows with milk and honey just like God said it would. But listen, the people there are strong and the cities are walled and large and the land is too large to conquer. And guess what? The Nephilim are there, the giants, the Anakites, they live there as well. So we felt like grasshoppers. We we felt like grasshoppers and we look like grasshoppers to them. This is the report that the men brought back. My God from Zion. Now that's just a breakdown of the story. But here, let's get down to the rebellion and the disobedience to Christ. Now, you're going to find this information in chapter 14. Now, all the Israelites, after they heard the report now, they began to grumble against Moses and Aaron. And what did they say? They said, why is the Lord bringing us to this land to be killed with a sword? Can you believe that? Why is God bringing us here to be killed with the sword, with swords? This is what they were grumbling to Moses and Aaron, their leaders. 
and Josh, Joshua and Caleb, Caleb, these are two of the men that went to spy the land. Joshua and Caleb said, don't rebel against God. Even Joshua and Caleb knew the rebellion wasn't against Moses and Aaron. The rebellion was against God. Don't rebel against God. And when they said that, the people wanted to stone them. They were just that upset. They grumbled and complained just that much. When there were two that had a good report, you know, we're well able, we can do it. Don't rebel against God. The people wanted to stone them. And that's when God said enough is enough. God showed up in verse in chapter 14, verses 11 and 12. You can read where God showed up. And also you can read verses 18 through 23. Now listen, because of their disobedience, because of their mumbling, and because of their complaining, they tested God 10 times. Listen. Who does that? Who tests God? Uh, they got it backwards. God is supposed to test us, but because of their disobedience, how they were disobedient, how they mumbled, what they complained about, they tested God 10 times. Read it, it's in uh, chapter 14. Yes, you can read this in Numbers chapter 14. The Bible says that the people tested God 10 times. So what did God do or what happened? These individuals died in the wilderness. Yes, they did. God refused to allow these uh, uh, simple-minded, disobedient, mumbling, and complaining individuals to enter into the promised land. Why? Because they will go into the promised land and they'll be mumbling, grumbling, and complaining in the promised land. So the Bible tells us 20, those that were 20 years old and up, they, those are the ones that tested God and those are the ones that died in the wilderness. 20 years old and up died in the wilderness. Listen, it took them 40 years wandering in the wilderness when it should have only taken them 40 days. So basically, you can say it took them 10 years for one day. Why? Because God wanted all of those mumbling, grumbling, and complaining individuals to die in the wilderness in the wilderness why because they tested him so that lets us know that we do not want to test God because he will take us out of here he will kill us basically <laughs> we can just say it God killed them he allowed them to die in the wilderness and he allowed them to die in various ways but we're not going to get into that Okay, so 
We can also look at Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 and you can start reading at verse 1 and read through uh, chapter 3 of the book of Hebrews how God was really grieved with the children of Israel at this point in time. It grieved him so that he killed them basically 20 years old 20 years old yeah you must die my god from zion so we don't want to be rebellious and disobedient to christ we do not want to go down that road and granted sometimes we find ourselves there why because of our own selves because of our self-promotion and our pride and our haughtiness and our arrogance, our vanity, we find ourselves being rebellious and disobedient to Christ. And when we find ourselves there, and I'm a witness because I found myself there. I found myself being rebellious and disobedient to Christ because I did not want to do his will. I did not want to be on Sister Alley Cat's Tea Podcast talking about the Bible. I did not want to do it. I, can you hear me? I did not want to do it. I did not want to preach the Word of God. I did not want to um, go out and tell people about Jesus Christ in a way uh, that um, I was taught I did not want to do it I did not want to do it and that I found myself in a state of rebellion and disobedience so guess what Sister Allie Cat is doing Sister Allie Cat is on a podcast telling people about Jesus yes because I suffered for a long time and we're going to talk about a little bit about that at the end. Okay, now our next one out of the three is God's long suffering towards his people. We can read in Exodus, the 34th chapter, verses 5 through 14. And we can find some information in Numbers, uh, chapter 14. You can go through, start at verse 1, and you can go to Numbers, chapter 17. And, and check out verse 2. Again, Exodus 34, 5 through 14, Numbers 14, starting at verse 1, and Numbers 17, verse 2. Now listen, long-suffering means being patient and slow to anger. That is the Merriam-Webster Dictionary version for long-suffering, patient and slow to anger. Now at the second making, listen to what I'm saying, at the second making of the Ten Commandments, because remember, God made the Ten Commandments uh, out of stone for Moses, and it was broken because the children of Israel were being rebellious and disobedient. They were uh, worshiping the idol calf that was made by Aaron. So there is a second book of the Ten Commandments that were made. Listen, God made Moses make those <laughs> but the second making of the ten commandments uh we can find in verses six and seven which is an attribute of god's justice god promised to renew the mosaic law 
the Mosaic Covenant, excuse me, God promised to renew the Mosaic Covenant with his people because they were down there just having a ball worshiping an idol God. That's why when you hear people said that we are the bride of Christ, we are his bride. He is the groom and we, the believers, are the bride. And you can read in the book of the Bible, you can read in the Bible where it talks about his people being harlots and his people being uh, whores and, and, and going after other men. Well, when we look at it in the aspect of us having a covenant with God, are we being the bride of Christ? Yes. When we uh, walk in idolatry, when we serve other gods, when we uh, serve things more than God or, or uh, how would I say, you look after or you care for things more than God, well, then you're serving an idol. You're serving, you're not serving the true and the living God and you are going a horn after an idol. Yes. I said it. You're going to horn after an idol. But here God said he promised that he was going to renew the Mosaic covenant. He was going to renew the covenant that he promised to his people. Now listen, covenant means alliance. It means pledge agreement between God and man. An alliance is a friendship, a marriage, an agreement that could even be from man to man, human to human. So God had an agreement with man and they broke that agreement. They, uh, um, they committed adultery against God because it's, an, um, it's a marriage. A covenant is a marriage, an agreement, a sound agreement, a pledge, an alliance. And God has that with us. Man, he has that with us. He has a covenant with us. So when we go after idol, we go after false gods, we are breaking our agreement with God. We are committing adultery against God. So listen, God, he suffers long towards us because he made a promise. He promised us. Yes. And in this case, he promised to renew the Mosaic Covenant. As long as we uh, come to ourselves and we go back to God and we repent of our sins and we ask for forgiveness, God is going to renew that covenant that he had with us. But as we, if we continue to go off in our folly and we continue to sin and we continue to ignore God, to ignore our marriage, to ignore our agreement that we made with God, God is not going to run after us. He is not that type of man. He is not going to come chasing after us because we do not want him. No, he is going to let us go and do what we want to do. But if we come to ourselves and say, oh my goodness, that was a good man. I got to go back from which I cometh. Then God is going to renew that covenant. Just to break it down into terms that we as people can understand. Now God is a covenant making God. God is a covenant keeping God. 
And guess what? God is a jealous God. So when we go out of whoring after other gods, that makes God jealous. Listen, in Exodus 34 and 14, the Bible reads, and this is the King James Version, For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. You can read that in Exodus 34 and 14. Thou shalt not worship no other God. For the Lord, his name, whose name is jealous, his name is jealous. And he is a jealous God. So yes. However, he will keep, he's a covenant making, he makes covenants with us and he keeps covenants. But do not forget that he is also a jealous God. So God has long suffering towards us. In 2 Peter 3 verses 1 through 9, it ends and says that all should come to repentance. God is just that long suffering towards us that he wants us all to come to repentance. He gives us chance after chance after chance. The Bible says that he will never, never leave us, nor will he forsake us. He's always waiting for us to come back. He may not chase after us, but he's waiting. He's sitting there waiting for us to return. He's waiting for us to come to our senses, to uh, uh, have an epiphany, to have uh, the light bulb moment. God is waiting. Why? Because he he does not want any man to perish. He wants nobody to perish. I don't care if you're the biggest wit in the, in the nation. He does not want you to perish. You could be the biggest warlock. Yes, God wants you to repent. He does not want you to perish. He wants you to turn away from your sinful and wicked ways and come unto him. Yes. Read it for yourself. Read 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 through 9. He wants all to come to repentance. He does not want anybody to perish. And that's the heart of God. That is his long suffering towards us. He suffers long towards us. He is waiting for us. He is waiting for us to come to him. Now, in my closing, obedience to Christ, which is the right kind of suffering. We can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and talk about a suffering person, individual, we are talking about Paul. And Paul began to run down a list of his suffering. That's 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 23 through 33. So that's 10 verses. But listen what Paul had to say about his suffering. He listed. Paul began to say, in labors, more abundant. He was in labor a lot. He was uh, working a lot, uh, 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 putting forth 
uh, effort and strength a lot. He said in stripes, he was beat above measure. In prison more frequently than not. He faced death often from the Jews, his uh, people. Five times he received 39 stripes. So he was whipped five times from the Jews. Three times he was beaten with rods. My God, I'm Zion, I ain't going through nothing. Ain't nobody beating me with a rod. I haven't faced death. Not for Christ. Come on, somebody. Stripes above measure. Stoned once. He was stoned. I haven't been stoned. Three times in a shipwreck. But he survived all three times. A night and a day he was in the deep in the sea. Shipwreck in the sea. So he's a night and a day uh, floating in the water, I would say. Journeys often, often on journeys. In perils of water and sea. In perils of robbers, people uh, attacking him to steal. In perils of my own countrymen, his own uh, people. In perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst. He was hungry and thirsty and often fasting. Often he had to fast. I can imagine he had to fast to survive uh, his, his suffering. In cold and in nakedness. Read it. Go and read it for yourself and break it down and look it up and, and get all that juicy background information that Paul's talking about. Yeah, he listed it, but we want to delve deep into the Word of God and we want to know all of the background information of what was actually going on when he went through these uh, particular things that he listed out here. And you can find this list in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 23. So, this is the kind of suffering, the obedience to Christ. Why was he suffering all these things? Because he was doing the will of the Lord. He said yes to God. Like when many of us say no and we run like Jonah did. Paul said yes immediately after he was, uh, uh, after he encountered, encountered Christ on the road to Damascus. Paul immediately uh, began to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. He was obedient to Christ. Therefore, he suffered all of these things because of his obedience to Christ. And in my conclusion, listen, we're going to go really quickly to Romans, the fifth chapter. And I am going to read this from the Bible. And I am going to read it from the King James Version. I'm just going to read verses one through five. Romans 5, starting at the first verse. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory. And not only so, but we glory, listen, we glory or we happy or we rejoice 
and tribulations also in our trials and the things that we go through in our affliction. The Bible says, but not only also, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation, <coughs> excuse me, that trial that you're going through, that suffering, that long suffering that you're going through, or whatever the case, your situation, your circumstance, that tribulation worketh patience. In the midst of your suffering, you are going to learn how to be patient. And for example, I can tell you, you can be patient or you're going to learn patience because what? God is not going to bring you out uh, just like that. He is going to uh, test you. He is going to listen. I was listening to a book on, um, on Audible. And in the book, an individual was telling a testimony and they said, and it stuck with me. Listen to this. They said that they asked God because they were going through their trial. They were going through their suffering and it was long. And they asked God, God, when is this suffering or when is this trial, this tribulation going to be over? And guess what God said? <coughs> Excuse me, God said, when you have learned enough, when you have learned enough, that's when your trial and your tribulation, your suffering will be over. So we can come back here to this scripture where it says, tribulation worketh patience. That means we are learning patience within our tribulations. Why? Because God is not going to uh, give us a trial today and take it away tomorrow. I mean, he can, but I, I can say for myself, he has not done that for me. So I've learned to be patient, even though I may kick up and buck sometimes and crying, God, when, Lord, when? Because that's my Adam nature. I am ready for this thing to be over, but I'm assuming, since I've heard that testimony, that I have not learned enough. I don't have enough patience, according to Romans 5 and, and verse 3. And verse 4, and patience works experience, and experience works hope. And verse 5, and hope makes it not a shame, makes us not a shame. Hope, make it not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Therefore, our tribulations, our afflictions, our long suffering, it allows us to learn patience. And when we learn patience, in, in the midst of our learning patience, we gain experience. We have experience. We learn something that we can tell somebody else. We can say, okay, now you're going through this thing. Now this is how it worked for me. It may not work for you this way, but you can try it. Do this and this may help you. Uh, uh, pray like this or say these words in prayer or read this prayer or read these scriptures or pray so many times a day or fast so many days, whatever the case may be. That is experience, or we can say we gain experience on how the enemy works. We've gained 
um, experience on the 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 traps and the lies and the deceit and the treachery of the enemy. We've experienced it, uh, and we can tell somebody else how the enemy works and what to look for and what to expect and how to resist the wiles of the devil. And then the Bible tells us that experience brings forth hope. Why? Because hope makes us not ashamed. If we have hope that God is going to uh, free us from our calamity one day, there's no reason to be ashamed. Why? Because we're hoping in God. If we have hope that God is going to see us through, that God is going to heal our bodies, that God is going to bring us out of poverty, that God is going to uh, restore what the pommel worm and the canker worm and the locust and the caterpillar has eaten away out of our lives. God is going to restore our marriage. God is going to restore our kids. We have no reason to be ashamed of what we hope for in the midst of our tribulation, in the midst of our calamity. Why? Because we have gained patience and we've learned from the experience and we have hope that we know that we know that we know that we know that our God is going to do it for us. He may not do it today. He may not do it tomorrow, but he very well will do it. Why? Because he promised that he was going to do it in his word. And all we have to do is look up the promises, look up his word and remember the promises. So there is no need to be ashamed in the midst of our long suffering, in the midst of our calamity. There is no reason to be ashamed in the midst of our affliction, in the midst of our tribulation. Oh my God from Zion. Why? Because God will do exactly what he said he would do. My Jesus, that is my conclusion. <coughs> Excuse me, too long suffering. My Gotham Zion, and I want to thank you for listening to Sister Allie Casty. I want you to please like, comment, follow, and share Sister Allie Casty. Tell the world, tell all of your friends, tell everyone that if you want to hear the word of God, you want to hear the things of God, you want to learn something, or you want to even share in an experience of what God is doing in my life, share, like, comment, and follow. Now, you can also follow this ministry on all social media platforms. You can look for Sister Alec Cass T as a podcast, and you can search for Light and Darkness L-I-T, Lit, Light and Darkness, L-I-T, or you can search for Allison C. Don't forget the C, Allison C as in cat, hope to follow this ministry father. <coughs> and let me tell you, just to give you a little brief, uh, oh, my time is running out. Just to give you a, 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 a short, short, brief testimony. You know, I've been going through my my tribulation, my affliction, my trial, my long suffering. I've been in it for four years now. But listen, let me tell you, <clears throat> I have no shame in my game. I came into this uh, tribulation <clears throat> because I was rebellious and disobedient. 
like I said before, I didn't want to do the will of the Lord. I didn't want to do what he wanted me to do. I didn't want to grow into his, uh, uh, the things of God, the way he wanted me to do it. I wanted to do it the way I wanted to do it, which led me down a road of uh, rebellion and disobedience. So that rebellion and disobedience opened the doors of the, for the enemy to come in, for Satan to come in, for witches and for warlocks to come in and to attack my life. So this is what happened that got me into the situation. And it's been a long four years and I'm about to cross over into the fifth year. However, like the word of God says in Romans, I've learned from my tribulations. I've learned patience. I've learned, I've had experiences that I've, I will be sharing a lot of stuff this year. So get ready for that. And, but I want to tell you, I don't know if, if you've been following this ministry, you know that I did a video on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. I did a video on Facebook back in the beginning of 2022. And I mentioned what the Lord had told me for 2022. It was my word, but I shared it with, you know, with everyone on Facebook. You know, if you want to have expectancy of what God is doing. So I shared the word. And God said that he, there was going to be an abundance of rain, an abundance of blessings in the year 2022. And many people got blessed tremendously in 2022. But listen, let me tell you, God, he is not slight concerning his promises. I went through the whole year, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. And yes, I was blessed. But, you know, I was warned, uh, waiting for that big abundance of rain listen i got blessed with the, the, like the like the servant said to elijah i see a cloud and it's like the size of a man's hand yes i got man's hands blessings yes i did but hunty let me tell you in the fourth quarter of 2022 god poured out his blessings upon me and granted i i listened to many different prophets um, on social media and the words that they were get, speaking forth and how God was going to bless his people. And let me tell you, I am a witness how God can bless. And I will tell that story <clears throat> in detail at a later date on a podcast. But God came in and he blessed me tremendously. He said an abundance of rain and he sent forth an abundance of rain. And I want you guys to know that when God speaks a word to you and you know without a shadow of a doubt that it's God. Please hold on to your word regardless because listen, God came in in the fourth quarter or should I say in September of 2022 to really come in with the rain for me. So he will do it and let me tell you, the rain has poured upon me since September and it still pours upon me. So God will do exactly what he said that he will do for you so be encouraged and continue to come back and listen to sister Addie Cat's tea like i said before like comment follow and share the podcast and you can also find me on all the social media platforms so or not all of them but majority the the basic ones you can find me on the basic social media platforms. And again, I want to thank you for listening to Sister Alley Cast Tea. 
I hope you were blessed with this word. And if you are in the midst of your long suffering, please do not give up. Continue to learn what God is teaching you. If you are uh, in a state of rebellion and disobedience, please turn away. You do not want God to, <coughs> excuse me, uh, take you out <laughs> is what I like to say. God will take you out just like he did the children of Israel in the wilderness. He took them out the age 20 and above. They died in the wilderness. So God will take you out. God is a loving God. But God is also a God of consuming fire. Listen to me. God is the God that answers by fire. Anything, a majority of the things, a lot of things that you read about God. You can go to the book of Revelation. A lot of things that you read about God or you find out the characteristics of God. It all has to do with fire. Listen, God loves us. But he is a consuming fire and he does not take any mess from us or he you know mm -mm. he's our father he he will whoop us he will take out the switch and beat us listen that's what god would do so be blessed don't give up if you're uh doing wicked things turn from your wicked ways turn unto god ask god for forgiveness uh, show forth your sin. The Bible tells us if we hide our sins, that we will not prosper. But if we forsake them and turn away from our sins, that we will have mercy. God will give us mercy when we forsake our sins. So don't hide your sin because God sees it anyway. So turn away from our sin. Uh, be patient. Hold on. Don't give up because God truly will bless you. God truly will bring you out and like i always say thank you for listening to sister Alec Cat's tea i love you as the people of god and i will talk to you very very soon goodbye